0: to the second episode of She Became What. I'm honestly overwhelmed at the amount of downloads we had on the first episode with Nicola. Um, I really hope that there was some good insight and lessons learned that you all got to take away from it. Uh, I also wanted to just give a little thanks to our sponsor for the season, IDPP, who have made the podcast become a reality for me and enabled me to take my idea and run with it um, outside of work and in work so um, if you are looking for a new project professional services partner I would definitely recommend them and not just because I work there I honestly do mean that Um, they're a bunch of great guys Um, and that brings me on to our second guest it's none other than Regan Rock. She's head of commercial and procurement currently, and I can't wait for you to get to know her a little bit more. Was a bit of background as to where you've been working, what, you know, what, what have you been up to in the past?
1: Yep, so year. I started at Boohoo Group um, in 2014 on a temporary contract. Um, so it wasn't my lifelong ambition to go into procurement. However, I did fall into it. I was at Boohoo for close to nine years um, and started from the bottom as a procurement assistant and then left um, running the procurement function for, for Boohoo until I decided to make a change. And yeah, four months ago, started at JD Sports.
0: Fabulous. So ha- how many... Um, different roles then did you have within procurement when you were working at Boohoo, would you say? never counted Um, (laughs) I think what four or five Um, so five different jumps to get into five
1: different promotions so hopefully I was doing something right Um, and obviously then to get to the head of role so I think to go to each level you get to see um, the different stages of people that then i'm employing um and what i expect from them yeah so it's been a good
0: eye perfect and obviously you said that that um you fell you fell into procurement it wasn't necessarily something that you thought you were going to do was going to be your dream role and um, what did you start did you go to university
1: is that something that you did yes i did i went to university and studied law um i actually wanted to be a divorce lawyer how morbid <laughs> Um, <laughs> Any particular reason you wanted to read a divorce lawyer? Um, yeah, Paul McCartney and Heather Mills' divorce case was very interesting. Um, probably only to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she did try and claim uh, some of his profits due to the fact that she told him to, to wear a nail clip. Um, but yeah, anyway, I digressed. But I went to university, did law, um, yeah. multiple different modules. During that time, I learned a lot. But when I actually left kind of the recession hit it's around 2013 In training contracts were rare and, and few and far between put yourself through um, and become a qualified solicitor unless you had a training contract paid for it was around twelve thousand pounds to put yourself through that uh, at which point I decided to have a think about what I wanted to do um, and went traveling uh, Safe to say when I did come back I did not go into that profession
0: yeah Fabulous. It's really good insight as to um, sometimes how you think you'll go in one direction, but the skills that you'll pick up at university can definitely take you into another one. Um, And how was university for you? Was um, that something you enjoyed? Would you recommend the experience of going to university? I won't
1: just say no. Um, University for me, I think, was very difficult because it wasn't something that I planned to do. Um I yep. can be quite impulsive at times. So um yeah, that wasn't my ambition to do it. I think on results day I decided to go. And at the time uh, I'm born in August, I was the youngest um probably person in that year. Uh, hence I kind of got fast tracked through, um, as I hadn't planned it through in terms of halls of residence. Um, but yeah, probably part of the problem of why I didn't enjoy it is because I didn't do enough research on actually the location of yep. universities but then also I didn't know myself well enough so um, I love nothing more than seeing my nana uh, and <laughs> one that knows me knows that my nana is my best friend. Um, I'd have preferred to have stayed closer to home. Yeah, I don't necessarily regret the university experience but um, knowing who I am as a person I-, I didn't match based on the university kind of <laughs> rating system as opposed to actually what would have suited me and had I done that I probably would have gone somewhere closer such as Manchester or Liverpool um Perfect. but yeah um I think you just need to make sure you do the research into the role that you want to do um whether it be you know in the future make sure that that job is parallel to that and equally if you're unsure and you don't know what you want to do but you think you need to go to university, the biggest advice that I would ever offer is actually probably taking a year out could be key to just trying to understand what you do want to do. So I think there's a lot of pros to take away from university, but I think you have to make sure it's the right decision for you before you make it, especially with uh, how much it costs.
0: Yeah, certainly how much it costs these days to go to university. It's a lot of money. I suppose that's, you know, a really good bit of advice. I think a lot of people can go to university and you know you just pick a degree and think right that's the degree you know I'll go for I'll go and study it but not necessarily realize what actually job you want to do at the end you know certainly from my experience I would recommend researching different jobs if you're not sure what you want to go and do try and go and get some job experience you know in the different sectors different fields see what it's really like to do that role and what that entails and then once you've found you know that particular role that you maybe do enjoy, you want to find out more about, then try and find out what course would be best for you to do at university to then go into that. Um, Definitely a good bit of advice there, Egan. So I suppose for you, you enjoyed, I suppose, the course and, and what that gave you and your degree, but it was more around your actual experience and where you lived and things like that that maybe wasn't the right. Would, be, would you say?
1: Yeah um, I mean it depends on the module you asked me I didn't enjoy EU law and I wouldn't have had to have done it now um, so that was great uh, but equally you, you kind of got to pick them so I did enjoy the course and I actually did enjoy Nottingham itself but unfortunately at that time I think I was still quite young as I mentioned earlier yeah um, being the youngest in my year so I did uh, go home a lot and I think sometimes if you are living away from home the strain of feeling slightly isolated can take its toll as opposed to you concentrating on your studies because you know that will affect it so had I picked a university closer to home I think I would have been more focused yeah especially in the first and second year on delivering the output um, as opposed to driving home every weekend
0: (laughs) (laughs) and would Obviously, to get into your field, into the position that you are in now today, do you feel that when you're looking for people in your team, would you only look for graduates? Is that something that you feel that somebody needs to have to get into this position? Is it beneficial? Would you recommend going to university for someone trying to get into procurement? Uh, I don't think you have to have a degree to go into procurement. Absolutely not. Um,
1: There is a qualification called the Chartered Institute of Purchasing and Supply, which you can start um, whether you have a degree or not. And I think that is, if you're wanting to go into procurement, something that you can do. Uh, If you do have a university degree, then you kind of skip a few modules due to the fact that you do have a degree. Um, But equally in saying that procurement is really split, you can go into public sector or private sector. And I think those two, methods of procurement or should I say uh, industries are very very different and so um, public sector procurement I think you know SIPs are probably I'd assume mandatory um, Mm -hmm. along with potentially qualifications in certain areas Um, whereas private sector procurement I think it it goes on skill as well and your ability to learn um, but have the right attitude because you know it always comes back to my point is that You can train people's skill set, but you can't train somebody's attitude. And if somebody has the right attitude walking through that door, that is the best thing that I'm looking for when I interview somebody as opposed to somebody who has a degree, but not necessarily the right attitude for the role.
0: Yeah, I suppose that, you know, leads on to, you know, what are the top skills you think someone would need to be successful in your field or role? I think, first and foremost, you need
1: to be confident. Yeah. Um, the reason being is whether you're talking to your stakeholders internally, and um, a lot of the time you might need to build a relationship with them. Uh, and it's crucial because sometimes procurement in certain industries can be seen as blockers or can delay the process, or we're there to add just unnecessary involvement in, in certain areas. So. It's really showing the delivery. You can do that and reaching out. You know, I always say, if some, if I ask, say, a colleague or somebody in my team where they're up to with something, and the response is, but I've sent them an email and I'm waiting for the reply. You should never be waiting for a reply. If we're in the office, obviously COVID has changed those things, but you should be getting up and going to speak to that individual face to face because you're then creating that relationship for them to come to you more freely. Equally, if you're not confident with the supplier, then they will not give you the best terms and conditions or the commercials around that because if you've not got the conviction to have those tough conversations, yeah, yeah. exactly. Then, then why are they going to offer you the best if they know they can get away with offering you uh, (laughs) the worst? Um, Any person in my team will know I love um, my little saying, so. The first price is the worst price is uh, what a startup. And that comes back to confidence in negotiation as well. Yeah. It's not for everybody. I think some people, um, the old, well, somebody I used to work with, I won't mention him by name, um, said that he admired what I did because it made him cringe. Um, <laughs> I think he said, I really respect you. So it was a compliment uh, somewhere in there. But uh, yeah. it goes back to the point of having those tough conversations with suppliers because that relationship should really be formed with the internal stakeholder and the supplier. Um, But you don't want that relationship being soured by a commercial negotiation, which in some instances it can be. So for me to play bad cop is great, but to do that, I need the confidence and conviction in what I'm saying and delivering. Um, Otherwise you won't. So if you're not confident and it goes back to my point previously on having the right,
0: Uh, attitude then I don't think it's the career for you yeah okay perfect um so I've got an interesting question because I'm on the other side of the table when it comes to you know yes (laughs) you know that I am so um I would be a supplier per se um is there any advice or tips you know I'm sure some people would you know die to get a five minute conversation with you to pitch themselves or pitch their business Is there any advice that you could give to any suppliers that, um, you know, we're trying to not necessarily get in contact with you, but get in contact with a procurement professional um, that you could give to them for making the first right impression? Not
1: send um, a mass email out or copy and paste your emails and then address it to the wrong individual (laughs) because you've been sat there all day. Um, The amount of times i am called the wrong name anyway, so I actually got an email the other day saying, hi, Chris. Uh, and straight away, <laughs> I thought, I'm never going to work with you. Yeah. Um, but a joke, and it's that attention to detail. I think the amount of times I've received emails that are automated and I keep getting then chases, um, or six emails in a row is just going to annoy me. Yeah. Um, I don't need that many emails in my inbox equally. I quite like the approach of LinkedIn, as long as it's not too persistent. Um However, obviously, you do get quite a few emails. But I think it's actually doing the research of the business and making you, your address bespoke so you can actually see that it's not just a complete cold call with somebody trying to hit their bonus target for bringing in new customers yeah. and they're just spamming everybody.
0: To try and get a new account, yes.
1: Yeah. And it's actually that homework. There's enough websites these days that sell My email address or actually personal number. Um, Never call. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's doing the research and having that actual element where you can tell that they really want the business as opposed to the money and the bonus. And I think that's the difference between a transaction and a relationship.
0: Yeah. Becoming a true partner is really, you know, fully ensuring that you stand out you're personable when you're trying to get hold of someone you actually do your research about them you know new business is part of my role and something I always try to do is every every message I will send will be a personal message I'll look on the LinkedIn profile see where they've gone to university do I know anyone that they're connected with I think it's just separate there's so many people that will offer the same service as you so at the end of the day they're going to buy off You know, you as a person more over than even your company sometimes. So it's setting this up. I suppose
1: it goes back as well to that point of uh, people finishing university or you know education and wondering how they make their CV stand out. And you know, if it's just that generic email that everybody receives or that standard CV, um, I'm more than likely probably going to just press delete um, or send you a automated email saying thank you. but if it's actually bespoke with some research in there, I'm more than likely I'll take the time to actually read that um, because I know that the time and effort has gone into it. So, yeah, it, it goes back to that point. It's doing the research on something that you want to either work in or work for.
0: Yeah, I think there's a big difference as well, isn't there, between you know, hounding someone and sending them six emails without a reply and trying to build a relationship with someone if you send a personal email, you get a reply back. You don't need to email immediately, you know, the next week, you know, leave it a, a reasonable amount of time, but time enough so that the, you know, you would know that they're still interested as well in, in that.
1: Yeah. I think it's just yeah, don't bombard, don't call.
0: Yeah. Don't when you pay don't websites it. to get people's information. data. Yeah, it's a really interesting point that you know around GDPR and and data. How you know?
1: Oh, well, no, I've I've told these companies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Take I'm my email it. off
1: my phone. number, how have you got I it? Uh, I mean, as well, you can't. You don't search Reagan Raw
0: and find multiple people. There is just me. So, yeah. Um, you've yeah. got a unique name don't you it's it's annoying that really you know how how they can get away with really selling selling your data I mean I'm saying it's annoying but you know from a sales perspective I can see the benefit of it as well so I know I, th- I was expecting a call once
1: Um I answered it and it was actually somebody trying to get business and I'm, I'm sorry to stop you but how on earth have you got my personal number? Yeah. It did make me laugh because he turned it around and you saying, God, you're never going to work with me then, are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I liked his approach. That's good. But that doesn't mean do it. <laughs> okay. Um, so just to, for the audience to get to know you a little bit better, um, I'm going to ask you a couple of random questions that are probably non-work related. I know some funny stories that I could share, but I certainly will not on this platform. Um, <laughs> so, um, first one which phone app can you n- not live without what app on your phone um i would probably
1: say i am an average user of instagram yes fab okay i can't live without it though okay it's the app i use the most
0: yeah you're very skilled on instagram aren't you yeah yeah <laughs> um what's the weirdest fact that you know I know a lot of facts. Yeah, you're very good at facts. <laughs> Did you know I was going to say that? For some reason, I don't know why. Reagan has a... I am obsessed with blue whales.
1: Um, I'm not weird, I promise. I think when I was younger, my nana took me to the Blue Planet Aquarium and I found a book on blue whales. Ever since then, it has stayed in my mind. Yeah. Um, and if somebody ever mentions... A blue whale, I can delay a number of facts that make me look exceptionally strange. <laughs>
0: so what's you what's the best fact then about a blue whale?
1: Humans could swim through the veins. Females are whales, really? yeah. A tongue can weigh as much as
0: an <laughs> elephant. <laughs> could you not? Oh, um, go and Google it. them. Yeah. So anybody who's trying to spec into Reagan Rock, I would suggest <laughs> mentioning a blue whale and she may answer you back. <laughs> Who knows? You know, does anyone Regan Rock
1: literally?
0: Yeah, I know. Um what do you think about man- manifestation? Have you ever tried it? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Boring question. I'll skip that out, <laughs> of the, out of the podcast. <laughs> Right, let me have a look at another question. <laughs> um, what is the best book that you've ever read? The Dictionary. <laughs> oh, that is a really good answer. Well done. Well done, Reagan. Um And I suppose for a slightly more serious question, um, what has had the most profound impact on your life and why? Personal or work-related? Both.
1: Mm. One of the biggest things I think I struggled with is, I mentioned earlier that I was the youngest in my year, but I was also 10 weeks premature. And I also always really struggled, especially in primary school. I, I felt like my brain just wasn't switched on. Um, I've always been called a daydreamer. Whilst I can be quite confident, I'm actually quite shy, um, which can come across as me being rude um but with that it always pushed me to excel further because you know i was used to coming bottom of the class or not having the skill set i wanted and i didn't like that so that gave me the drive to not want to be in the bottom sets and strive to be better um in where we live there's a thing called the 11 plus and my sister <laughs> passed that Uh, they introduced maths in the year that I um, took it and unfortunately I did not pass and we did not go to the same secondary school. Uh, On the back of that I kind of just tried extra hard um, to prove a point so I got into the grammar school for sixth form. Uh, I did actually do that and then decided I didn't like it but at least I achieved it. So on the back of that, that has had the biggest effect on me being premature and knowing what it feels like not to succeed, because that's then pushed me forward to never once have that feeling again.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really, you know, honest and you know, very good answer. I mean, just to make a point that Reagan did actually get better GCSEs than me as well. You know, she's always. Do you want it? to
1: put that on this uh, podcast? <laughs>
0: yeah, so you I do right?
1: <laughs> you me. also didn't get into the sixth form, but yeah, I didn't share that one.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh burn. Um, but I do remember Reagan was so small when she was younger, and my mum will say I used to drag around like a doll. I'd be like, no, you can't go near the water. You can't do anything. You can't do this. You have to stay I inside. Like a giant baby. Yeah, so she was, you know... my little baby for a long time unfortunately now she's not um i'm probably not going to put that in the podcast (laughs) (laughs) my little baby right um uh, right so for the next question how do you hope people feel when they're around you
1: happy Um, i've been told that i'm a people pleaser um I think that's probably true. I try and whether it's people in my team, my friends, um, always make them feel happy. I think it's also important, you know, to make friendships. And sometimes people will wonder why they might struggle either with other people or making friends and and how to do that. But I think the, the key is always you. Um, should speak to somebody but listen and be interested in what they have to say as opposed to just listening to respond um, and the biggest thing that I always do is listen to somebody and understand that person because that way I can better be uh,
0: their friend and um, their boss um, so I think listening's key. What a great answer, Regan. So we'll move on now to some more I suppose typical gender related questions so questions you know that you can get asked being a, a successful woman in business which you are so um i asked this on i asked a few of these questions on last week's episode so i think it'll be interesting to see you know each person that comes on what their answers are and how how they deal with everything so the first question is how do you handle your work-life balance
1: so pause, start that again, and
0: I had a weird hiccup that came through like, right, again. Okay, like, okay. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Sorry>. okay, so <laughs> See, you can hear that one. Stop uh, <laughs> talking, right? Okay, start. Okay, so we have another question. Um, how do you handle your work-life balance? Um, to be honest,
1: I, I kind of put work first. Um. And I suppose, you know, I pay a mortgage um, on my own, which requires me to put that first. But what I will do is schedule my week. So if, for instance, I know I have plans on, say, Wednesday evening, so ideally I'd like to finish work um, at a reasonable time, I'd be more than happy then to work late on the days where I know I don't have plans or yeah. pick up that laptop. Yeah. Um, so it's then making time because, you know, some weeks will always be busier than others, but I think you've got to be prepared to put time in. Um, but then you've also got to be prepared to put the time in with your friends. Um, yeah, and your family. So it's just that balance. And, you know, you could have a week where you, you see your friends more than you, you have other weeks, but it, it's all just, I would say,
0: day by day, week by week, Try not to overthink things. Perfect. Um, and do you feel that you have ever been... Being a woman, do you feel like you've ever been discriminated against? Yes. Um, I'll try not to say
1: too much on an example. Um, But I definitely think, you know, somebody said to me recently, um, I wasn't surprised that the position was filled by a man. Um, And I think that is kind of uh, something as a woman that, you know, you're not surprised to hear. Um, when I worked, um, at my previous business, the CIA was a woman um, and she really was somebody that I looked up to because you know women women, women of that um, kind of level are, are rare. Um, you see it more and more these days. But if you were actually to look at a business and their split of male and female employees, especially by, Senior levels, on the board, um,
0: people on the board, I suppose, or yeah, no, local. you know,
1: there's massive discrepancies there. Um, that isn't fair, um, but equally, you do see that you know sometimes it can be more male dominated at the top. Um, and I and I do think you know, in certain business, especially, um, that is changing, but also as well around you know things such as maternity leave you know whether it's the budget that you're looking at but you know a lot of places are just statutory um and as a woman you know how do you have it all to go back to your previous question very very difficult because you know if you want to have children um you then have to worry about you know will you lose your role will that, will you be replaced will you be coming back to the same role um will that put off you getting the promotion um at certain times and equally it's actually can I afford to have a child so um I I think there's a lot of um questions and worries that women especially um have to
0: carry yeah you know it's certainly do you think then um there would be women out there that you know have to think about getting pregnant it genuinely has to be you know a conversation you have to have whether you can afford to get pregnant
1: you only have to look at the news or listen to the news probably earlier today to see the rate of inflation, the cost of, you know, interest rates, mortgages, you name it. And I think everybody's worried and wondering how they're going to afford that, let alone, you know, if you were thinking about having children, how are you going to afford that Um, on top of actually what benefits does your business um, pay? But also I say benefits in terms of maternity pay, because I kind of see it as a human right, as opposed to a benefit. Um, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. let's be honest, there's not going to be the directors of twenty, thirty years time um, without, without children us. being, but yeah, without children being born. So,
0: yeah, um, I just think it's it's difficult. It's very complex, you know, subject to talk about, isn't it? In question, and and you know, there's no right or wrong answer to it. It's just striving, you know, to. Um, try and close those gender gaps that we have and you know make those decisions for people easier you know getting pregnant or starting a family shouldn't really be something that you have to consider you know you shouldn't have to choose between your career and a family you should be able to have it all Um, you know there is the argument that men can have it all so why can't we so you know it's definitely a really interesting question and conversation to have um and do you believe that gender emotions can influence your career no um i don't think
1: gender emotions i mean people are have different emotions whether you're a male or a female um it also comes back to you know what's going on in your personal life <laughs> it depends um how people sometimes react or slightly shorter fused and that actually goes back to my point before and if you don't listen to people or have that relationship or you know you could take things to heart whereas actually i always try and take the path of you know if i disagree with something um take a minute to think about that is there a reason why and sometimes as opposed to um going on the defensive um it's trying to understand the other person's um well rationale interview, why yeah. interview you know what has caused that um and trying to work um and, and fix that as opposed to then feeding i guess into kind of negative situations and if you want to pick up with that person you know let's have a phone call as opposed to send 10 emails where you don't make any um headroom on on the point so I, I always say it goes back to my point, picking up the phone, listening to people um, and understanding the problem. Yeah.
0: Great. And how can we stop a gender bias, do you think? You know, is there anything businesses can do to try and stop that? I think it goes back to the culture of
1: the business, because I think some businesses, you know, are... It's not even an issue. Like leaps and bounds Uh,
0: ahead of others. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And in different kind of sectors as well, I'm sure it's very different. Um, But equally, I think with anything, it comes from the top down of the business. So it comes from the CEO. It comes from, you know, the the CFO and that culture is bred. So for me, if somebody (laughs) joins an organization, you can try and bring about change. But I think that change can only really be brought about unless the business is Driving,
0: and it's, yeah, off, driving that forward so it's really having those people at the top that genuinely believe you know in that equality you know not just across you know gender it's equality across all all groups all you know sectors you know there needs to be that equality across the board and it's so we'll move away from those questions now thanks for being so open and honest you know when speaking about those they definitely can be some difficult questions to answer and um, so we'll just finish off by having some more career related questions um and one of the questions i wanted to ask you what do you think the best way to negotiate um a salary and scope of work when joining a new business or somebody you know, say joining your team what have you seen as been the best way that somebody's negotiated a salary i
1: think it goes back to the point on if you are truly ready to leave a business um And, you know, my old boss actually used to say, don't walk the plank unless you're ready to jump. And that wasn't aimed at me, (laughs) (laughs) just to clarify. But um, I think the point in that is that sometimes people, their heart is with the business. They don't want to leave, but they want a pay increase. And they don't feel like they have any other options but to say, I've been offered X job somewhere else for more money. And you've really got to understand that if they said no, we're not matching you, and you've kind of done that. Well, one, where does that leave you with that business if you didn't actually want to leave? So I think it's making sure that you're aware of your parameters and where you want to be. But it also goes back to valuing yourself because I always say, if you don't value yourself, then how can you expect other people to? So if you think you're being underpaid in the role that you're doing. Um, Go and look for another role and have that confidence and and conviction in yourself to to go and leave um, if that's what you feel like you need to do. Um, But equally, if you're starting a new job, again, believe in yourself. So if they really want you and and you want more money, then you need to say exactly what you want. Um, But also make sure that you're not applying for roles without understanding what that banding is before. yeah, um, Because there's always bandings. Uh, it's not one stop shop of this is the salary. So probably a question to ask is rather than framing it, what is the salary? Yeah. What is the banding? Yeah. Um, and then probably add an extra five
0: grand of what you want. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't ask, you don't get, do you? You have to, you have to ask to have the opportunity to get it um, and to give some recruitment secrets away. and. Um, you know, when we speak to a candidate, you know, we will always get their top, top, absolutely exactly what they want and um, figure from them. So say if a candidate would say, you know, we're, I'm happy between 28 and 25, you know, we would know really that 25 you would accept a role at, but really you want 28. So we're always going to send you over, you know, to a company at that higher rate and then that's our role to negotiate that for you to try and get you that top one so you know if you're really genuinely not comfortable with having the 25 don't mention it just say the 28 don't need to say oh i'm happy between 25 and 28 because you can technically just knock yourself down a few grand if you go forward and you say i'll be looking for 25 to
1: 30 yeah most places are then going to offer you 25 yeah so you should be saying I want thirty and asking what the banding is. Yeah, um, because if you give them the opportunity to pay you less, Maybe. why would they pay you more?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, perfect. So, um, another question I have for you, and this is something that I've definitely felt before. Um, have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome? And if so, how did you get through it?
1: Um, yeah, I think it comes back to, um just sometimes wondering, how on earth did I get here? Um, I thought I was going to be a divorce lawyer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you always think that everybody knows everything. Um, until you actually, I think I got to a point where I realised that nobody knows everything and, you know, everybody's learning as they go. And that's why people get promoted, because they do learn as they go. So you're all learning together. Um, and I think it just goes back to that point that, If you're not happy or you want to learn something or you don't feel like you fit in, then think to yourself why and think about how you can improve um, on anything that you feel a bit maybe insecure about. Um, Because I think sometimes if you let your thoughts run away with you, um, then you probably will feel a bit out of place. And I mean, I've done that before. Um, But when I first started my career, my first boss asked me why. I wasn't making eye contact with people, which <laughs> I now think about and makes me cringe. Um, I must just have been looking around the room, um, but I obviously didn't feel comfortable in that environment. It was new to me, um, and so I wouldn't make eye contact with people. But I think that goes back to the fact that then I don't look like I have the confidence, the ability, and I probably do look like an imposter. Whereas sometimes I can sit, you know, in calls and really know nothing about it but if I'm not taking my eyes off somebody they will never know yeah. so I think it goes back to that confidence piece and you know you've just got to learn as you go and understand that you are learning and don't try and get too stressed about it and just make sure that you look at people. <laughs>
0: yeah. And how, how have you built your confidence and resilience over the course of your career? Um, I think happens naturally when you have
1: to have um, conversations with different individuals in a business i mean i started as an assistant so you know i'd be trying to then learn the skills of how do i deal with different stakeholders how do i deal with roadblocks or you know people with different views to me and then the higher up the you know your career you go the more likely you know you to have conversations with directors and you know your first couple of conversations you'll be thinking oh my god I'm nervous um not that I did <laughs> um but then it comes you know before you know it that is something that you were striving for you've achieved it and then I kind of get oh my gosh I've achieved that but then it just comes part and parcel of my life and then it's on to the next and then what else do I achieve so um growth just happens naturally i think and sometimes it's only when you sit back and reflect and think god when i did start out i didn't look people in the eyes and i was nervous um to understand where you've come but i also think it's important to ask your stakeholders um for feedback on you know a process how could i improve um, yeah because i think that is the best form of cr- not criticism but constructive criticism Um, and then you can take that away and I mean if my boss as silly as it sounds didn't tell me or point out things that I could improve on then would I be you know where I am today so I think it's just having that thick skin to understand that you're going to make mistakes to learn from them but just because you've made a mistake doesn't make it you know that you're an imposter or you're not worthy it just means you're human.
0: Yeah, I think those little tips that you get from your managers, you know, really do push you forward to when you get that feedback. I still remember um, my old job you near know, the first few customer meetings I was going on to and I'm on the other side trying to pitch to you and um, was to slow down you know I speak very fast <laughs> you know how fast I speak
1: I'm smiling yeah
0: if I get excited I speak fast if I'm nervous <laughs> yeah I speak fast and that and you know one of the best bits of advice I was given was to just slow down and now when I go into a meeting I genuinely will have to be thinking the whole time to slow my voice down I don't need to speak really fast and that's something that's taken me years and years and I still you know slip up and go into that mode of being excited and talk really fast when i'm passionate about something so you know those make sure all those tiny little bits of advice that you do get off people around you you do soak them up and try and apply them to your role because it will really help you down the line okay um and what advice would you give to your 25 year old self now Regan? enjoy being
1: 25 um Time goes very, very quickly. And I think when you first start working, it's great. You're having a salary. Um, You think that you are never tired and actually probably not. Um, But it's actually being in the moment and celebrating your success. Um, And, you know, it has been said to me that have I ever congratulated myself on where you've gotten to? But then... I'm always continuously striving for what's next. So I think that's pushed me forward to where I am today. But it's equally, you know, am I taking the time to celebrate those small things? Because if you're not celebrating the small things, then what are you celebrating? You know, those all add up to the big things. So I think it's just taking the time. Enjoying the moment. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to go and be exactly where you want to be you've got the you know a lot of time and years ahead of you so don't try and put too much pressure on yourself and it goes back to that balance of personal and uh, work balance maybe not too much you know if you're gonna party hard make sure you work hard um yeah but everything in life comes back to balance and believe you me I um in bed most nights for half nine um (laughs) <laughs> I love to sleep and my key kind of word or what my family hear me say most I'm is
0: I'm so tired <laughs> I think the bed record says she's tired since she's three years old So, and, you yeah. know what I can say now is that I am so tired <laughs> <laughs> we are recording this late of an evening as well so she genuinely really is tired um and what do you feel have been the secrets to your success? What, what has really stood out that has made you get to where you are now? You know, you're in your very early 30s. You're in a very senior role within, you know, a huge organisation. That's something to be very proud of. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that would, look, you know, really look up to you and wonder how they could get into that position that you have. What do you think has been the secret to your success?
1: Um, I think I was fortunate to start a business at the right time, so I think some of it comes down to luck. Um, Obviously, my first role was at Boohoo, Um, and I never intended to um, stay there as long as I did. I actually – I don't know whether I can say this, but I will. Um, I first kind of was introduced to the founder – and did tell him that I was leaving soon. Um, to which Katie said, "Why?" But I think I was in, the, you know, the right place at the right time. But equally, I had the right work ethic. Um, I did work hard, and you know, with what I just said, is that I'm always pushing myself onto the next. And there was never a no in my vocabulary. Um, so it was just always, "What can I do next? How can I help you?" Um, so then that really made a difference um, and making sure that you you know are prepared to work long hours and putting that effort in. But equally, I think it comes back to your personal skills as well. And, you know, are you going to just sit there and wait for someone to email you back or are you going to go and go get, and get, get the answers? And yeah, yeah, it goes back to going to get it. So I'd go and talk to anybody. Um, I still do, even though it, kind of in social settings, I can be shy. Uh, in work settings, for some reason, um, I'm not.
0: You've got an alter ego in work. <laughs> Sasha face. <Fierce. laughs> I don't know what Regan's alter ego, could called. I'll have a little think about that.
1: <laughs> I think you already have a name. But,
0: uh, <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, no, it's, it's making sure that you're building those relationships and not just thinking, well, why is it not happening and expecting things to come to you? Because you've got to make them happen for yourself. Um, And, you know, hard work does go noticed. And sometimes, you know, you might want that promotion after being somewhere for 12 months. But, you know, I stayed in a role um, for a number of years at one point and thought, God, I could go somewhere, somewhere else. And somebody was telling me to. But in my heart of hearts, um, I, I was still at that business and I didn't want to leave. And so it goes back to doing what you feel is right for you. Don't listen to other people at the end of the day. They don't live your life and your gut is what will carry you forward. And if you've got that drive and ambition with that company, you should stay at that company as long as you have that drive and ambition. Because, you know, if you're getting those promotions and you're showing your value, you will then
0: get those. They do eventually happen. And I think I remember, Um, you know, you don't think you got a promotion for a couple of years and it's something we spoke about and then the next thing i think you got two promotions within one year so you don't know how things are going to happen and when they're going to happen but sometimes you do just have to trust the process a little bit don't you yeah and what do you want to achieve next what do you you know say is i don't want to say on this um (laughs) what you know what's your next goals what are you aiming for ideally i
1: think i'm happy where i am at the moment um obviously i've just started a new role so that's really exciting um obviously one day I would like to be director um but to be honest with you I've kind of managed um the full team um in my previous job so whether it's the title of director or head of I think you know I was delivering the same role it's just great to have that support that you need to sit around you to actually be able to deliver your strategy because it's all very well and good saying i want x y and z but you need the you need the backing to be able yeah. to deliver what you want don't so, you yeah and also i'd like a holiday um <laughs> that would be nice i mean i have been on quite a few this year but you know i'm never say never to a holiday so <laughs> never say no <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. um okay so just to finish it up thank you so much for your time it's really appreciated um What is the best piece of advice you can give to someone looking to move into your field or career path?
1: It's my favourite saying. (laughs) If you believe, you will achieve. (laughs) I do say that all the time. Yeah, if you don't believe in yourself, again, why would you expect other people to? Um, And equally, you know, if you think, I don't think I'm going to get this or I'm not good enough, then is that going to show on your face and how you portray yourself or put that forward so you know just think I'm amazing and you know no one's going to tell you you're not because you're telling it to yourself so go and strive and and just really try and, and reach um for what your goals are um because put yourself out the there day, in yeah. intimate,
0: uncomfortable positions because you're never going to build your confidence unless you do put yourself out there sometimes the biggest blocker is yourself and I, I've been
1: that to myself sometimes but make sure you stop and smell the roses
0: perfect thanks for that last cheesy sign off I <laughs> really appreciate it you <laughs> really appreciate it <laughs> 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 on that note smell the roses introducing the dingle <laughs> do, 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 ding, ding. goodbye what? as always and um, we will have another amazing guest in summer if you have any questions you want to ask them, then you can DM them to me um, on LinkedIn, or you can drop a comment below. I can't wait for you to all hear this one. Hope you've liked it. Any thoughts and feedback are always welcomed. Till next time, goodbye.